Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. And broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. to a already spirited Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Haley Sutton, Aisha Morrison, Jess Navarra is here with you on this Thursday. And we have so much to talk about. I feel like I don't really know where to start, but I'm going to start with what has been the most popular topic. Uh, Tony Pollard getting that franchise tag, something that we have talked about for a while now on this pod and just in Cowboys Nation in general, but it feels like that was the best decision to keep him on the roster. They have until July to figure out a long-term deal or like Dalton Schultz did last season, Tony Pollard will play on the franchise tag. But ladies, the best thing that came out of this news yesterday is that we will have Tony Pollard on this roster in 2023. Oh yeah, and that is something that we've been waiting to officially hear um, because here's the thing about franchise tagging Tony Pollard. It was either franchise tag him or sign him to a long-term deal and they still have time to do that. So long-term deal not off the table but this allows for bigger contracts if they choose to keep this franchise tag so this allows for bigger contracts to and bigger deals to be made later example micah parsons cd lamb guys that you know are going to want that money that absolutely deserve it and so this allows for that and not only that but if they choose to keep him on this franchise tag for this year this gives him a year to really be evaluated and i know that injury keeps being brought up but evaluated post-injury running backs we know take all the hits they get worn down really easily it allows them to see his productivity within this next year as well yeah um to add on to what you said just i'm excited to see tony pollard within the mike mccarthy um system just the way that he's used his uh his running backs in the past um they are shifty guys they are guys that can you know make uh passes that will make catches out of the backfield stuff like that and so i'm excited about the opportunity to see him be the guy i mean i guess we've talked about it over and over and over again but just seeing him get the the bulk of the snaps whether they bring in a guy or malik davis is you know like just seeing him be able to have the productivity that we've all been saying that he we felt like he deserved in all this time so um to your point the system that he's coming into granted we might see mike mccarthy refine some things suits a player like him and so and I I wonder if that's this might be one of the first times he's had that um, since he's been in the NFL yeah I agree and I think when you look at how Mike McCarthy wants this offensive scheme to look next season he was very adamant in letting us know that he's going to be more committed to the run Uh, I'll be interested to see what that actually looks like are we committed to the run in the sense of like on third down and it's you know third Third and and four (laughs) yeah or third and ten that's a better example you know like are we going 
going to be committed to the run in situations that require you to be committed to the run? Or is this going to be something that becomes an integral part of this offense? And I think when you look at the way the Eagles played football last year, I think that's kind of the blueprint when you have guys like Tony Pollard. We'll get to Zeke in a minute, but even if you don't bring Zeke back, you've got a Malik Davis who proved to be not only athletic, but to be productive as well in the few uh, snaps that he got. And I think when you look at the way the Eagles did ball last year, the reason why they were so successful is because they would they would pass quick, pass quick, pass quick. And then you, just when your corners got into a rhythm and, you know, the defense finally started settling, now they're running the ball or they're drawing up options for Jalen Hurts or Jalen is just keeping it whenever the options aren't available downfield and making big plays. And while I don't want that to necessarily be the Cowboys blueprint I think you have the weapons and as the offseason continues to go on as free agency opens up in the next couple of weeks and then that draft coming at the end of April I think if Mike is truly committed to being that kind of play caller who's going to utilize and utilize his run game well I think if you can mix in some of that stuff you get Tony Pollard back you get his confidence back and whether it's Zeke or Malik, or a Jameer Gibbs, who I'm really high on from the combine that we'll get to uh, later in the show. Uh, but it'll just definitely be interesting to see how the run game develops. And I also think something to to keep an eye on with Tony Pollard this upcoming year is his pass pro and how much that has gradually improved. Because the beginning of this season, we were all talking about, oh, the pass pro, Tony Pollard, you're so great at running the ball, but mm -hmm. where's that pass pro? It gradually improved. The more you go back and you look throughout the course of the season. So I'm excited to see him really hope in on that going into next season and polishing up all those little things to really, really make him the best that he can be because I there's no doubt that he's productive. He can get those yards for you. He can push. He can jump. I mean, he's all over the place. When he's trying to get those extra, those leaky yards, oh, he's all over the place. But the pass pro is something I'm really going to be checking out this upcoming season and to see it continue to improve. Girl, I'm hoping he ain't got a pass, bro. Well, that's, we'll baby, see. that's what I'm hoping for for my dude. I am hoping that he ain't he ain't in those positions where he have to like that. But, yeah, um, that is something I do agree. He, he showed a far more of a willingness to put yeah. his body out there and do it because TP ain't no huge dude, man. Like He ain't no huge dude, but just him showing the willingness definitely made a difference to me as well, yeah. Jess, you mentioned the injury as well, and I know that that's been a talking point for so many people. You know, oh, the running back, he broke his leg. Is he going to come back the same? And I, I think that that's a genuine concern, but I also think that we're I'm going to use the word blessed for lack of better term yep. because it was a break, you know, and he did have that high ankle sprain that went with it. But I think with through the rehab and, and getting through that broken leg, you feel a little bit better as opposed to having to rehab a hamstring. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? I mean, like, yeah. To switch it to basketball, look at Luka Doncic and what he's had to struggle through the last yeah. couple of weeks, you know, with that thigh injury, and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, Jerry also feels okay about the leg break, and I think that's the most important part. When we had a chance to talk to him at the Combine, uh, there was no hesitation in saying that they wanted Tony Pollard on the team. They were really impressed with, you know, what he was able to do last year, and even through that injury, everybody kind of knew when, once Tony went down, the game did too. You know, <laughs> Jerry mentioned that, but... On the flip side of that, they are committed to Tony. The franchise tag, like we talked about off the top, has kind of proven that. Hopefully they can get a long-term deal done, but uh, like you said, Jess, there is a lot of moving parts in this one that we'll kind of get to as the show goes on. But before we move to contract talks, let's talk about a contract that's taken up a lot of space, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, at this present moment, 
the Dallas Cowboys are spending over $27 million on their running back room. And it's interesting because, you know, the Cowboys were the ones that really set the standard of paying your running backs back when Zeke got that big six-year huge contract that he's currently playing on. As we know, we all love Zeke. We all think the world of him as a person. But the front office, I think, feels like they've got to be able to get to a place where the money looks right and it's not disrespectful. And I, I that's kind of been the float. I know Jerry alluded to that as well. He said, you know, there's there's not a world in which I can't see them both on the roster if we can get the finances right. Uh, just a quick look at Tony and Zeke's numbers comparatively. So Tony finished the year as an uh, as an all pro, 100. Can't read this morning. Sorry. 1,007 rushing yards, 5.2 per carry, which I think is really big. He had nine touchdowns, but also what makes him special is his receiving ability, like you talked about, 317 receiving yards and three touchdowns. On the flip side with Zeke, he had 876 rushing yards, 12 rushing touchdowns, 3.8 yards per carry. He did have some receptions, but I honestly don't think they're worth talking about necessarily. So when you look at at the numbers and you look at the productivity between Tony and Zeke, honest opinions, taking away the person out of this, just the football player, is there a reason to keep Zeke on this roster? So real quick, I wanted to add, too, that the Cowboys running back room is the highest in the NFL right now, the highest paid in the NFL currently at this moment. Again, this is before talking about a possible long-term deal uh, with TP if they choose to do so and whatever they decide to do with Zeke. But to answer your question, Haley, no. I think there's not. And the it's very hard because it's not – you add the person back in, it's not like Zeke is very replaceable as a locker room leader. Mm-hmm. He is one of those guys that amps his guys up. He's a leader in the sense that he's going to help Tony Pollard be better, even if it means it takes reps away from him. He's very selfless. And so it's hard for me to say that because he's become – pretty much a cowboy staple you look at the star now and there's a generation that sees the star and they think of Dak and Zeke those are their guys and so you know that's not to say that the Cowboys haven't made big big cuts before I mean I remember when D Ware was cut or even Dez you look back and it's possible but I think when you're looking at the productivity there's no reason to keep him when you have somebody like Tony Pollard and then you have a rising star like Malik Davis and that's just the reality of that running back position is time goes on you're going to see things decline and something interesting that I think Jerry said at the combine was and he was talking about uh, Dak was that when the productivity starts to slow down on the field and it's noticeable that's when it's time to really look into other options and so I think using that logic from Jerry himself of course talking about Dak yeah, there's there's no reason. Aisha, I want to real quick before I get your thoughts because you spent we spent time at the combine, but you have really dove into the running backs that are available in this upcoming draft. When you look at the way Ezekiel Elliott has crafted his career, you know, a, a tough running back. He runs hard. He runs strong. He runs powerful. He's not going to be the guy that gets you the thirty yard burst, but he's going to get you that third and one when you need it, or you know, whatever it is. When you when you look at the guys that are in the draft, are there are there some guys that emulate that? I mean, is there a way to keep that Zeke style of run, keep that one-two punch, maybe with a younger guy, to kind of keep that, you know, what they they built on last year? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so 
it's so interesting because when you look at Ezekiel Elliott coming out of college, he had a receiving ability. Hmm. And for some reason, when he got into the league, that was something that was kind of stripped from him in a way, in the way that he played. And I really do think that if, if he would have broadcasted that more, if that would be, if that was something that they put more emphasis on, then we might be having a different conversation right now. Because there's a shift happening with the running back position. You mentioned, I don't want to be long with it, but you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned that, um, you know, they kind of set the standard when mm-hmm. they paid him before. Yeah. But when you look at those gentlemen that, that, that came in with Zeke, the Christian McCaffrey's, the Saquon Barkley's the Derrick Henry's these guys like that run physically or whatever it's it's kind of shifting to if you can't catch the ball out of the backfield if you're not a guy that has soft hands as a receiver as a running back then I love you that do term. have I know. soft hands Say, I, I then knew you, you were going to say that <laughs> <laughs> then you you kind of lose value kind of in today's uh, NFL it feels like and yeah every team wants a guy that can do the goal line stuff that can get you the third and short but if you can find a guy like I, I was looking at you asked like who Roshan Johnson is yeah. one of the mm-hmm. gentlemen that really caught my attention at the combine he is uh, I think someone referred to it as he has like gets the LeBron treatment well <laughs> the LeBron teammate treatment because, because you look at yeah you look yeah. at Bijan yeah. and you're just like oh my god you forget that Roshan Johnson can tote that rock too he could start in yep. any team any yes. program Absolutely. So much versatility. But he also was a guy that, yeah, he he can really dip his shoulder and make you pay at times as well. And so when you ask, like, is there other guys, are there guys in this class that have that? Yeah. You also have Malik Davis that has that. Yeah. But it's the addition of I can also catch the ball. Mm-hmm. I can do that consistently for you. I am the third option when your quarterback is struggling. I, I'm a check down machine here. That means something in this NFL and the way that schemes are starting to go. So I, I feel for Zeke in that way that that was something he was so good at. And then there was just no emphasis on it as he came into the league. So uh, that's I guess that's my answer to what you were saying. So. Yeah, great. No, answer. It, it, yeah, it is a great answer. And it gives people context to of you know what this position is morphing into i know when we were at the combine we talked how the tight end position is shifting and we'll get into that uh in a little bit with dalton schultz but uh it'll be interesting to see what they do you know and and this is something that we've been talking about you know since the season started you know what's going to be this what are we going to do zeke what are we going to do zeke but now we're kind of approaching that window where it's like Okay, what are they gonna do with Z? So yeah. no, so no. I didn't. I never said. I didn't say like yes or no. But no, like, I, it's difficult to justify it with what's going on in the NFL right now. If yeah. it wasn't Zeke, it would be an easy no. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Is that it's Zeke, and you don't even have to be in this building to understand what he does mor- morale wise. I guess for that locker room and for his teammates, specifically that running back room, because. Let's be honest with it here. It could be very easily to get that human jealousy bug. And when you're in a position with Tony Pollard, who came in basically as RB2, but then there's conversation, well, who's really RB1, you know? Mm -hmm. It can be so easy to turn ugly and not help and, you know, kind of be cold to that person. And Zeke never did that to Tony Pollard. Zeke has done nothing but help him grow and cheer him on even when he was sitting. And, you know, I I look back even to the injury during the playoff game with Tony Pollard, and Zeke was right there looking so worried for him. I mean... I don't know, guys. Ugh, that's This is the hard part of the game. Again, yeah. it is a business. It is, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it is. But 
when it's somebody like Zeke who just leadership wise is so hard to replace, it's such a hard no, but it is a no. So that's our running back situation in a nutshell. (laughs) Uh, We're going to go ahead and take our first break here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. But that is not the only contract conversation we've got to have. Dak Prescott, Dalton Schultz, Tyron Smith, all some guys who the front office is going to be looking in the mirror to decide what the future of this roster looks like. We're going to get into that on our second block of Girls Talk, Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk a little QB1 stuff, but before, we're going to go over to Jess. Get a behind-the-scenes look at all things Dallas Cowboys with tours of AT&T Stadium and the Star presented by SeatGeek. Check out the locker rooms, playing fields, Super Bowl memorabilia, which you definitely want to see, and more. Get your tickets today at DallasCowboys.com slash tours. Dak Prescott had the opportunity to speak at a charity event yesterday, uh, or I guess it was Tuesday at this point, because today is Thursday. It's okay. Uh, but had an opportunity <laughs> to really open up about, you know, his brother um, committing suicide and what that meant to him and how to be a resource to others who have been through that. Um, and I thought that that was really kind of special because, you know, while he – while he's spoken about the trauma and the adversity that he's been through his entire life, I thought it was really nice just to hear, you know, from his ex- from his perspective, how that yeah. affected him, how he hopes to help others as well work through that. So we love our QB1 who's going to be in the community, be in the face, and really taking a stand for something that has affected him and affects so many uh, in this world. So we appreciate that. We also had an opportunity to hear a little bit more about how he's feeling about Mike calling the plays, about his contract and what his future looks like with the team. There was a lot of interesting stuff in there. He even talked about Kellen. Uh, He said at one point, it sucks losing Kellen, but like I said, change is inevitable. McCarthy is excited to get back into it and dive into it and be so engaged. It's a change, but it's going to be good. So I want to start right there before we get into contract conversations. 
Is there, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this, I guess, is there an excuse for Dak going into this year? You know, you've got a new play caller. They're reinvigorating the offense. You know, what what's the bar for Dak Prescott going into 2023? What are the expectations that you are having of him given all of the changes that are being made to build around his team? Real quick, too, I just want to give kudos to Dak for coming out and talking about his brother because that is such a hard conversation to have. I used to work in mental health nonprofit, and, you know, it is so difficult to go out in front of a uh, one person and talk about it, much less a large group of people. Mm-hmm. So Dak is just so strong, and, and I cannot imagine going through the things he has in his life. So mm-hmm. when he talks about, I've been through worse, <laughs> no, really, he, he has been through it. And yet he still comes out and is who he is, and it's absolutely incredible to see. But, um, you know, as far as expectations for Dak going into this season— when he was talking about Mike McCarthy calling the plays, it's inevitable he's going to be a little intrigued by it. I mean, look at Mike McCarthy's history with play calling. I'm intrigued. I want to see what it is. And so for somebody, you know, and I think this is different. This would be a different conversation if this had happened in 2020, uh, which is when Mike McCarthy came in, because you don't necessarily he didn't necessarily know Dak well enough to be able to kind of scheme around him. But now that you see kind of the relationship that Dak and Mike have now, I think it's only going to be beneficial for him. And what I love is that there's this emphasis on it's not going to be a whole new offense. It's not going to just be thrown away and throw everything out the door. No, I think really what you're going to see is more options for Dak. And I think you're you're going to see more, you know, situations where, you know, if, if there's not an option there, throw the ball away. It, it's just going to be smarter Smarter playing, I think, for me, which not it doesn't necessarily water it down for Dak, but it makes it easier for him and it avoids him getting hit, which is what I really want to see. I think my expectation for Dak, obviously, the interceptions we know last season were an issue. I don't even want to hear about that. I don't even want to talk about that anymore. I don't think it's going to be an issue when you have a Mike McCarthy in the background calling those plays and making options that actually work for Dak. And then, you know, seeing the wide receiver group stepping up and then, you know, whatever happens in the draft happens in the draft, adding that if it's offensively and going forward from there. Yeah, I want to echo what you said about Dak and and the vulnerability it takes to talk about losing someone close to you in that way. Um, I think in this league that is so tough and rah-rah that we need more gentlemen to be doing that. And so it's just one of the things about his leadership that I think gets – it gets hyped, but I don't think people understand how serious it is mm-hmm. that he's setting that example every time he gets a platform, which is more often than not being a cowboy. So that also. But um, so with this, I'm looking for health, man. Mm-hmm. I, I really do think that the last couple of years that Dak has had, obviously he's had he's dealt with some level of injury and that's affected his play. I think we really glazed over the fact that he had a pretty serious thumb injury to start the season and just kind of how that affected how he played for the rest of the season but also with Mike Solari uh, shoddy coming in here mm-hmm. these gentlemen have a record of simplifying things for your for your quarterback so does Mike McCarthy and it's crazy because we keep hearing that as like it's, it's an insult to Dak Prescott and I I'm just sitting here like that's why teams across the league are successful is because there is simplicity in what they were doing and if you listen to a lot of these players there was a lack of that last season 
was confusion. We would look at film. We were looking at tape, talking about guys, you know, looking confused and stuff. So I am excited about, well, I'm more so looking for that from Dak, is the health part of things because I think that's affected his play. And also just him being in an offense that's simplified to help him play better and for him to not have to be the sole decision maker mm-hmm. in a lot of key moments. Yeah, I think that's the, you say ding, a lot ding, of important ding. things, but I think that's the <laughs> most important part is, Making building this team to put him in a situation to feel like he doesn't always have to put the team on his back. Please, and somebody, I feel like anybody. Twenty twenty two, and it didn't help that the, the it, girl. you know Say the it. the first game of the season he broke some right. So you're coming yeah. into the season, you have all of this resiliency from last season, and you and you want to be you know you want to set the standard, and then game one of twenty twenty two and you break your thumb. So then you come back in a season where you know you've got. People saying that Cooper Rush should be the starter. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so long so ago. So now, so what now a, you're, what you're, a time. if you're Dak, you're coming into this situation. <laughs> so you, you've broken your thumb. The backup quarterback has gotten it done. And you've got people questioning, you know, if you should be here. And, I, and as much as I don't think he would speak about that, I've spent time enough around Dak to, I think, again, this is my personal opinion. I think that that got to him. And so when you were in those situations where you needed a hero moment, he wasn't afraid to be the hero. And yeah. he even talked about that all season. You know, I'm an aggressive quarterback. I'm not going to be. A, I'm not going to change the style of quarterback that I am. So my expectations for Dak, uh, you don't have to be the guy all the time. Like this team is littered with guys, right? You've got CeeDee Lamb, who was so impressive in that back half of the season. He's mm-hmm. only going to continue to move forward. You've got a Michael Gallup, who is finally, as Shireen kind of talked to us about, you know, he's finally getting past that hump of an ACL injury. You've got a Jalen Tolbert, who spent the year learning and listening, and, you know, hopefully he's out there working so that he can come in and meet those expectations. you got Tony Pollard back for a year, and yeah. whoever else is going to compliment him. Maybe you add a guy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you sprinkle some yeah. more guys in and there. And then on top of that, guys, you have a deep defense who for the most part yo is coming back can win you games yo. they're coming back yep. so please please <laughs> please help just help and you know like and jerry talked about this too as well you know when he was asked about you know like are you okay with your quarterback being aggressive that way and jerry even said listen like we back Dak 100% but <laughs> You know, like we've there's some things that he is not perfect at and we need to figure that out. And so I I hope that in these conversations in the offseason, as they're working to possibly extend him, restructure that contract that he has currently. I hope that those are part of the things that are in the conversation of mm-hmm. saying like, hey, we we know we know you're the guy. We want you to be the guy. But you don't always have to be. Yeah, we've got we, we're building around, and yeah. I think that's the most important thing that anybody said while we were at the combine was we are building around Dak Prescott to make this yep. his team. As Finally, you need to. as you need to, as and that's what you should. That's what you do uh, on the rookie deal. Yeah, that's yeah. what you do on the. Uh, but on top you know of the what? contract for right. Dak Prescott, you will dot 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 dot. I mean, really, I think what. You're right. What's so crazy is you can visibly see. You don't even have to know much about football, and you can see the difference between Dak Prescott not trying to be the hero and Dak just playing because he mm-hmm. loves to do it. Yeah. You can visually see it. I mean, you can tell when he's not feeling that whole weight of the world on his shoulders, and you can see when he's like, oh, there you go, <laughs> touchdown to – or what, what was that pass to um, – 
T.Y. Hilton oh, on Christmas Eagles. Eve. I mean, come on. Come on. That that is Dak at his absolute best, not feeling any kind of pressure. So I I hope the same thing. What's that meme where they're always like, oh, like, I'm just going to chunk it up there. He's going to be down there any somewhere. Yep. <laughs> we <laughs> can't say I, it also, over. <laughs> how insulting. How insulting. Just going back to that whole conversation when people, and you were talking about, you know, you're, you're around Dak enough to know that it, to, to assume that it bothered him when that conversation was going up between him and Cooper Rush. How insulting. They insult him constantly. How yeah, insulting. Like, there's one thing it. I've learned about this. Like, it's just, he is damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. And it we're not being matter. homers. We're not being homers. That's the biggest thing is we're not being homers. Just logistically, he is the guy, I period. I literally was go. about to bring him up. I was about to say, like, who's our pet cat? We'll t- yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Sorry, we get distracted here on this show. Uh, let's kind of tailor it back in. So just, just for context, when it comes to Dak Prescott's contract, he signed a four-year. $160, $160, LOL, 160 million. That sounds like my contract. <laughs> Regardless, uh, four year, $160 million contract back in 2021. Uh, since then, he's made the playoffs in both of those years since the extension came, and he has led this team to a top five scoring offense over the last two seasons. Arguably, this season, not quite as good as the season before, but injuries, personnel, all that stuff. So the point is, is he's doing things well. I think I think they come to a deal. I think you have to recognize, too, that there's other quarterbacks in the league who are also going to get paid, and he's going to, you know, d- that's going to depend yeah. a lot on the contract negotiations. I'm talking Joe Burrow. Ju- uh, I said Justin Fields, Justin Herbert. Uh, <laughs> those two guys, to me, are ones that stand out that will probably – influence how those negotiations go so you mean to tell me daniel jones's contract girl bye <laughs> the mark is the market girl bye i'm not talking about uh, daniel jones on this no, podcast. I, I did i did want to bring that up only because everybody no, who's saying important. that dak does not deserve a contract extension please they don't, don't want to please no that's the thing about people who say that they don't want to care like they don't because there's no way that you don't see that the market just does what the market does and that's just how in any other profession like this happens and it's it's no big deal but because it's Dak Prescott he doesn't deserve it it's real weird behavior in my opinion it is real weird it's it's the unfortunate part of being a member of the Cowboys way like that's just that's just the reality when you play with the star on your helmet you're under a lot more scrutiny than what Uh, anyone else will be let's very quickly shift to uh one of Dak's most trusty targets in Dalton Schultz he played under the franchise tag last season they have obviously passed that franchise tag over to Tony so it is possible that Dalton Schultz does not return uh something interesting that I found from our conversation with Jerry as well I asked him about that you know he said you talked about the priority of trying to work something out with Zeke do you feel that same energy when it comes to Dalton Schultz and I thought this answer was so interesting basically he said we like Dalton but we don't know how we are going to utilize the tight ends in our new look offense you know Hmm. and I I Again, I, speculation here at best, but it sounded like we like Dalton, but he's too expensive, and we got guys who can come in and ball regardless. Yep. Dalton should have signed his deal last season when the negotiations were coming forth because now you have two new guys that have entered the chat in uh, Henny and Ferg. I love that. Because, entered the oh, chat. man, that that gave the Cowboys all the leverage they needed for Dalton Schultz to be like, all right, 
what you, you don't want this see ya mm-hmm. I, I, it did and when you have two productive guys like the tight well and three because you even have sean McCune that it doesn't get appreciated as much as he should but sure oh man dalton Ugh. yeah sorry to add on to uh the tight end conversation and about like jerry saying we don't know how the tight ends are going to be used in the net they kind of do they do they do um, that's what i was saying like yeah, it's, it's code that. for yeah. like sorry we don't know how you can be used well yeah because he is like yeah. and i talked to the guys about this off offline um on the draft show was just looking back at some of mike mccarthy's uh last what five or six tight ends i'm just gonna name them for you so jamichael finley andrew corliss Jarrett cook martellus bennett Ugh. jimmy graham jordy nelson these Oof. are guys with athleticism, they have they have the ability like wide receiver type feel, but they're just athletes. Like they're yeah. big, strong guys that can get after it. And I'm like, okay, so he kind of has a not a type, but he definitely likes a the non traditional. Mike has a type. He might, <laughs> but the non traditional tight end. We all do. It's okay. <laughs> kind of seems like his jam, right? And yeah. yeah. Dalton Schultz. No offense. Is is more of the traditional tight end. He's gonna catch you the ball. Yep. He's gonna get you that first down, and he's gonna sit down. Yeah, it's kind of exactly. it's kind of funny so. to see how the tables have turned for him because you look at what happened with Blake Jarwin and how he ended up being tight end one in this entire situation. Mm-hmm. And given this wasn't because of injury like it was with Blake Jarwin, but when Blake left, it was okay. Dalton, can you step up? And now I think when you even look at Jake Ferguson, you don't have that question mark. You're like, okay, he's there. I'm not worried. So if Dalton leaves, we're covered. So it's kind of interesting to see how the tides have turned since, you know, the rise to the Dalton Schultz with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, Jake set the tone when he hurdled a man. He did. He and then hurdled Texas that man. two-stepped the Eagles' defense into the end zone. And we then had, Henny. Yeah, yep. I was yep. the wheel route. Henny yep. with that wheel yep. route. And he told me whenever I had that sit-down with him, he was like, that was the fit. Mine's my favorite thing I've ever done. Like, Because that was the one that they celebrated in the kettle, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, love that. Uh, gosh, we have so much free agency chat to continue. Let's go ahead and take our second and final break. When we come back, we're going to get into the combine a little bit, what the draft situation looks like for the Cowboys, and a couple other players you should be keeping your eye out for for the Cowboys to make some deals with. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original Angel Food and New Angel Food Slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. 
The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. To Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating. Jess, we'll go over to you. Stay ready for your spring break adventures with Cowboys Nation Essentials. Visit your local pro shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com, a fanatics experience, and discover travel accessories, staycation must-haves, and more. I wish I was on spring break. Oh, I know. My mom gets her spring days. break starts technically tomorrow when she gets off of school. And she uh, she texted me last week because my niece and nephew are coming into town next week. And How she's cute. like, oh, do you want to come hang out with us? And I was like, well, mom, some of us have work to I do. I got to work. A staycation <laughs> sounds so nice. Phenomenal, right? So nice. What's that? What we'll, off-season? We'll look into uh, it. Speaking of off-season, <laughs> let's point. get into a couple more of these free agents that the Cowboys, in my opinion, I think really need to figure it out when it comes to them let's talk offensive line first uh, restricted free agent Terrence Steele uh, the team announced that they put a second round tender on him earlier in the week I had to do some reading and some scouting to figure out what exactly that meant basically what it means is that they're allowing other teams to speak to him to come up with a deal the Cowboys have the first opportunity of refusal so they have the opportunity to either match whatever deal is given to him or they can give him away in return for a second round pick why are you making that face? We talked about this. I hate when you do that because I don't know why you're doing it. Because <laughs> that's terrifying. Like, in a way, but Terrence Steele is a dude. And we saw how much him being out changed the run game. And I just tackle, right tackle specifically, is hard to come by. And when you look at his backstory, they, people look at his story. He's mm-hmm. coachable. I mean, He's a package. He's become a pa- – I cannot believe it. Two years ago, we was like, get this man out the field. Yeah. But he has become a package, and I second-round pick would be dope. It would be nice. But I just – I don't know, maybe a little tight thinking about the fact he conversing with other teams <laughs> and stuff, man. Like, what if they like, hey, man. Something, something Mickey Spagnola pointed out to me yesterday when I was talking to him about this, though, is that, you know, going back to injury and how it impacts a player, he's coming off of that ACL injury. And while – they have been adamant in saying that he is above schedule. They expect him to be available before training camp in July, at least to be able to go through the drills and whatnot. The reality is, is that hurts your marketability, especially sure. when you're an undrafted free agent. And so the thought process with doing that second round tender, as disrespectful as it feels, right? The thought process there is saying, we're going to shop him out. We're going to see what he gets. Yeah. Our team's going to bite. Are they going to be willing to take the chance that we took? And the hope is that they're able to bring him back on either a one- or a two-year deal, and that way they can kind of evaluate where they're at at that position too. Because you have to realize as well, like with that offensive line, as much as we have loved Zach Martin as a staple, as much as we have loved Tyron Smith as a staple, yeah, those guys are in the back half of their career. And while yeah, we haven't yeah. necessarily seen a drop-off just yet with the way Zach Martin has played – it's coming. Yeah. yeah. That's the reality. Yeah. It may not be this year. It may not be the year after that. But he's been doing the thing for There's, a minute. He's been you know, the doing same it. thing with Tyron Smith. You know, yeah. we saw him come off of that avulsion fracture and then step in at right tackle. And Insane. it's apparent that he's not going to be the swing yeah. next year. Yeah. So you just have some big decisions. And so I think when it comes to Terrence Steele, the second round tender, now that I understand what it means, 
I think that that's your best that's your best bet there. Okay. Best bet there with him. Yeah, I think with with Terrence Steele, something too is the versatility that we've seen in this O line, and he fits right into that. I mean, all of these guys are so versatile, and we we talk about it time and time again. But I cannot fathom how easy they make it look to just drop what they're doing be like all right you want me to play right guard okay you want me to play right tackle okay you want me to go to left side okay I, I mean it's incredible to be able to have that amount of talent as a player but to have that amount of talent on your entire o-line is insane and um i think age-wise for terrence Steele, it makes sense to try to keep him as much as you can because like you said guys aren't getting any younger here and uh with that o-line like we were talking about with the running back position, those guys, they're big guys, but they're taking the brunt of those hits time and time and time again. That's naturally going to wear your body down. Sure. And, you know, it's it's just going to be interesting to see um, how this O-line shapes up to be this next season. It can get better. Yeah. yeah. It can get better. I think this offensive line has potential to get better, whether that be drafting, uh, whether it be them shifting guys around, however they decide to do it. Um, I think they can be better than what they were last year, and yeah. I thought they were pretty freaking good, um, considering what I, I don't think anyone's expectations were very high for the yeah. offensive line. So sure. yeah, I agree, and I think if the last year's NFL season as a whole taught you anything, it taught you the value of having a healthy O line because yep. I I would wager there was about five teams, my ratchet fingernail, five teams <laughs> <laughs> that had a healthy O-line for the majority of the season. And so when you think about, you know, what other teams were going through as well, uh, I I think I think they get something done with Terrence. I hope they get something done with Terrence. He's a great guy. You know, we talked about character as well with these guys. So yeah. um, that's also something to monitor. And then, of course, uh, all of our pet cat a little bit. We'll get into new pet cats in just a second. But uh, Donovan Wilson, uh, another guy on this team who solidified himself last season, had the best season of his career, 101 tackles, seven tackles for loss, five sacks, all of this as a safety, y'all. This ain't a linebacker. Yep. This ain't a defensive end. Yep. This is your safety making these plays. Uh, I don't have his contract information in front of me at the moment, but uh, – it's difficult because when you think about the production that he had this season, you know, him just quietly climbing the ranks as one of the most important players on the defense, the chemistry that he has with guys like J-Ron and Malik Hooker. Yeah. Uh, Mike was pretty open in saying that they want to get something done with him. But as we know, this the way this works, we don't. We don't know what that means until there's pen to paper. It's but out of right. his hands too, man. He he. If you're gonna have a contract year. This was it. Mm -hmm. Donald yeah. did it. I mean, first full season, he balled out. He showed everything he was capable of. They moved him to different spots because of injury and stuff. And, yeah, I, I, it would be tough to see him go, but I, I do understand them feeling like that they could bring someone in and, and do what he does. The tone setting, I don't know. Let's see. Like, yeah. that attitude leaving the, that locker room to me means something because he a little crazy. <laughs> he a little crazy. Hey, man, like, he a little crazy, but – that's what I think that's why he fit into this defense and really I mean I'm telling you when you a linebacker and your safety is in the box tackling like that it make you have to look in around the box. And be like, yeah, he paid rent in that box. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he hey, bought a house in that box. <laughs> Maybe I need to step my game up. If my safety's coming down crunching like this, yeah, it like, makes yeah. someone play harder. He made absolutely, yep, absolutely. So it's it, my feelings gonna be hurt, but I'll be alright. Hey, Donna's one of those players that <laughs> I would take love. this one on the chin, y'all. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just just for you, Donna's one of those players that obviously you want to see him get a contract with the Cowboys, but if he doesn't. 
I'm still gonna follow that. I'm gonna watch yeah. him because <laughs> right. he's going to be phenomenal go. no matter where he goes. Yeah. If he's, I don't want to say if he's in the wrong, in the right spot, but depending on which kind of defensive scheme he lands up in. Oh my goodness, scary. Yeah. He's not. He's not a player I would like to see the Cowboys go against at any point. Let's we'll just put it that way. It. I agree. I agree. I'm not in the mood for it either. <laughs> not in the mood. Let's get to a couple of questions. Thank you guys, by the way, for sending us some questions on Twitter. We're still trying to work into maybe taking some phone calls eventually, but we appreciate your engagement on Twitter. Uh, ladies, the first one that we have is from Mario Powers. Well, that's his Twitter yep, name. Mario. I don't actually know if that's his, name his Mario. last name. Yeah. Okay, Mario. cool. What up, Mario? Uh, he says, now that the combine is over, do y'all have a pet cat? I do, but I want to go last. Why you want to go last? I know. Because I like the suspense. I, go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead. All right. So I'll go second. I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of corny, but Deuce Vaughn is so fun to watch, man, yeah. from Kansas State, man. Yeah. He's, he's, just, he's just fun to watch. I was watching him go through drills and with his size and everything, it's just so interesting to see how explosive he is and how fun he he's energetic. He just seems like he's going to be good to any locker room he's in, and he's trying to contribute early. And I know they have some uh, lineage in this game, if I'm not mistaken, he and his brother, right? His dad. His dad. I don't know about his brother, but his dad is a scout here. We yeah. actually will have that story coming up pretty soon on our show called The Blitz. Okay, we got geez. a chance to talk. I know, right? Yeah. So, shameless plug. We got a chance to talk to him and his dad. So uh, we'll have that coming up pretty shortly on our website as well. But yes. Yes. It was cool to hear him talk, too, about how much it would mean to spend more time with his dad. Mm -hmm. That's just like the son part of him coming out. So I loved that. Um, uh, look, guys, I'm on that tight end choo-choo train um <laughs> okay. i love me a good tight end uh Bye. that sounds horrible Bye. but no i do i love i love a good clutch tight end in these situations with the offense because we've seen what it can do when you have a henny and ferg and then say dalton schultz is no longer in the picture i'm gonna go with tight end luke shoemaker Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I got a one-on-one -on -one with him at Yeah, the game. he He's did. He met game. with the Cowboys, and he ranked top five in every single category in the combine that he was a part of. Um, and then I, I think what's really cool about him is, yes, he could act as your tight end, your, your clutch guy in situations, which if you're missing Dalton Schultz, you need that clutch guy, which I think will be Jake Ferguson. But why not add another option there? And the pass pro. That's another thing that I think Luke can bring in is the pass pro, and I'm all about that pass pro. So... I'm going to go with Luke. Yeah, I liked Luke. I liked my conversation that I had with him. Um, and we'll get to that more in a second because we have another question about the tight end. So hold on to that. My pet cat, and I'm going to uh, start this off by saying prior to the combine, I was team Bijan. It was Bijan or bust yep. on this side. We want, yep. we want him. He talked about having a relationship with Zeke and how much of a benefit that's been for him. So that's really good. However, my new pet cat, ladies and gents. <laughs> is Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, that's my dude. And yeah. I think just listening to him speak, you know, as someone who used to cover Auburn and Alabama, I am no longer a closeted Auburn and Alabama fan. I get to speak about that freely, and it, <laughs> it's awesome. So watching him play, you know, you see the type of runner he is. He's very much a hybrid, I think, of what Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott mm -hmm. do. Uh, and I, I love that option for an offense that is likely moving on from their veteran uh, running back, now you're bringing in a guy who has proven explosiveness. He's played at all you know levels of collegiate football and showed to be an instant impact. So I really like Jameer Gibbs from his uh, you know style of running, but I also just really loved talking to him. I think that he was a tremendous 
interview. He had a great personality, a good mix um, of personality and fun. And my runner-up is Tajay Spears. And I'm going to mm. tell you why. I asked him about playing in the Cotton Bowl. And he was like, Jossie AT&T Stadium? That place is live. <laughs> you know? And so I think just being able to add a personality. Again, he's got great production as well. But I think being able to add a personality into this locker room that's already full of personalities, I think he would fit right in. So... That's the first question. Second question comes from Oscar Pacheco. With the rumors of wanting to take a tight end with the first pick, do you have a favorite? Uh, <laughs> I'm going with who I just said. <laughs> Luke Schoonmaker. That's and, and that's just because, again, I like what I saw as far as, you know, his speed and really his shiftiness. I Mm -hmm. think he's light on his feet, and I think that's very important for that tight end position. Specifically, when Aisha was talking earlier about how uh, Mike McCarthy has a tight end type, if you will, I think he would fit right in. So I'm on that train. I'm on the tight end first round train if you're you're asking That's interesting. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's easy to say Dalton Kincaid, but I think he's going to be gone. So um, Tucker Craft is a tight end that I I find – I like him because I feel like he can do a little bit of everything well, and he is moldable. In a, in a sense. So if, if you get him in, in, and he gets with Lunda Wells or he gets with a, a tight ends coach, I think he can do so much of everything and he adds to add to that room, to add to everything. So he's one of the guys that I really am interested in. And I've been looking at him because he also played running back in high school. So he has the vision to, mm-hmm. to you know, break tackles and, and continue to get downfield. So Tucker Craft is a gentleman I like as well. Yeah, I liked Luke Musgrave um, on the basis of his background comes from skiing. His mom is like a world champion mm. skier, which That's I thought That's was cool. so interesting. And literally he was like, in the winter it was all about skiing and in the spring and fall it was all about football. Um, so I love that he, you know, just I, I, I would have to do some digging, but I imagine the science behind being a, a skier the leg strength. helped him, you know, to yeah. be a tight end and the balance and the leg strength. Yeah. Uh, and I think another guy that impressed me again, like I'm not trying to be an Alabama homer here, but Cameron Latu, <laughs> um, just listening to how he spoke about blocking. You yeah. know, he literally said, you know, blocking has become such an integral part of the way this tight end position has morphed into because you are basically an extension of the offensive line when you're a tight end. You're, you know, you're you're holding those blocks, you're creating the space so that your running back can get going, or you're opening up a space so that your wide receiver can get downfield, or you're opening up the space for yourself. And I love that he, you know, he was like, everyone wants to score touchdowns, mm. but you know, it's important to make sure that everybody can score touchdowns in how I'm doing my role. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, You guys keep the questions coming. We will be back, obviously, next Thursday. Hopefully we'll have some clarity uh, as far as some of these contracts go. And we will get into a little bit more about what the Cowboys should do with their nine draft picks. But you'll have to join us next week for that conversation. For Aisha Morrison and Jess Navarez, I'm Haley Sutton. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, and we'll see you next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?